Amen. Let's take our Bibles, turn to James chapter number 4. If that sounds familiar, you should know where you're going in the Scriptures to be able to find it. I'm not saying this will be every Sunday, but I'm asking the Lord to continue in our hearts and lives, in, in my life especially, as I'm studying into a passage of Scripture, maybe to keep all of us focused there. Uh, for maybe both services, if the Lord will continue that on. I can't say that'll be every service, but I I love the continuation coming down through. But I want to close out the chapter of James chapter number 4 as we look at it. And I'm just going to read the last five verses, James chapter 4. I didn't figure you wanted me to deal with 11 and 12 where it talks about judging your brethren. Verse 13 says, Go to now ye that say... Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice... In your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now we come back and we look at this verse, and it's been used several times in verse number 14 on answering the question for what is your life. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while. How many have already, because of the coolness of the mornings, have already seen your breath this fall? For everybody else, you're not getting outside early enough in the day. It's been warming up, but we see our breath and it comes out. But let me ask you something. When you walk out in the morning, And you breathe out. I remember the first time that I had Brother Nixon after we started the church up here. And uh, he's from Ghana, West Africa. He was up here in New Hampshire with us. And I can't remember if it was early spring or late fall. And uh, he walked out of our house and stepped out on the porch. And when he breathed, he saw his breath. That was the first time in his life he'd ever seen his breath. It doesn't get that cold over in West Africa to be able to see it. And he, he come running back into me and said, Brother Peter, I just saw my breath. And I'm like, yes, that's the first of many times for us over the next six months that we're going to be seeing it. But let me ask you this. You walk out in the morning, you see your breath. How many have ever come back that night and your breath is still there in the air? It's not there, is it? You know why? Because it's just as a vapor that it appears for a little while and vanisheth away. Now, as I was continuing my study through James chapter 4 personally, and we looked at this morning on the subject matter on how close to God are you and understanding the desire of God for us to snuggle up close. How many miss the days? I I miss them. My daughter's back here. There used to be a time when she was two or three years old that she'd come curl up in daddy's lap. She doesn't do that now. 
Can I say some of us grow up too big to be able to get too close to God? when God is still desiring for us to be close to him. It's in the context of draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you that he closes out the chapter of scripture and shows us the brevity of life. As I put the two together and I thought about the entire context of scripture here, I thought, you know, life's too short to be gone from God. Life's too short not to be close to God. Life's too short to walk away from God. Life's too short to not take advantage of every moment that I can be close with the Lord. You say, where's those thoughts come from? I've heard thoughts and my, my mom passed away when I was 20 years old. I'm thankful God replaced my mom, didn't replace, gave me a Another one never took her place, but I'm so thankful for the mom that I have today. But there were some things that when my dad got remarried, some changes that I noticed in their marriage for the good. And it was things that my dad had said for years were taking place and some, some habits that he had. He said, but you know something? He said, I'm not going to do that with my wife now. One of them was this. Anytime a visiting preacher was in or somebody, uh, my mom would always give up the front seat of the car and sit in the back seat. And there was never an issue with that or anything like that. It was always voluntary. But I noticed with the next one, when my dad got remarried, that he said, no, they can sit in the back. I'm sitting next to my wife. And he said, there were too many times that I rode down the road and didn't have my wife. Now, listen, I'm all for voluntary. If, if, if she wants to give up the front seat, my wife will do that. But I'm not making her. She's the priority in my life. And so some of these things, and so I noticed, I said, well, I said, I hope we don't have to go through some things like that to realize some changes that we need to make. Now, I'm not talking about in our physical lives, but what about in our spiritual life on how many have gone for years, but then they would give the advice now and say, listen, if I had to do it all over again, here's where I'd get closer to the Lord. Because years down the road, we start realizing, you know something, it's worth it to be close to God when we're younger. It's, it's better to be closer to God and walking with God. And so as I looked at these last few verses on the brevity of life, and when I say brevity, it's just a fancy way of saying life is brief. Life is short. It's here today. It can be gone tomorrow. One phone call could change any one of our lives. As we're seated here today or 24 hours from now, any phone call because life is a vapor. And as I looked at it and I said, well, how in the world then I want to make sure that my life counts for the Lord. If we have such a minimal time, such minimal time to be able to serve the Lord and to be able to live here on this earth, then what can we do according to the scriptures? And there's just some lessons that God taught me as I looked at these five verses down through here. And the first lesson that I learned is that uh, I'm not going to boast of tomorrow. He says this here. He said, ye that say, verse 13, today or tomorrow 
will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. He says down in verse number 14, for ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live. And he says, but now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. You ever come in contact with someone that they believe they have their entire life that's in front of them? Only to find out that it can be cut short that quick. This was reminded to us on a regular basis. You may start thinking you lived an awfully morbid life growing up, but this was reminded to us. I remember my dad always said the first funeral he did ever after he became a pastor and started the church up there in Topsom, Maine, the first funeral he ever did was of a 15-year-old girl. And he said that 15-year-old girl laid out in the casket in the front of that church because she got stomach cancer and it literally ate her from the inside out. But a 15-year-old thinking, I have my entire life ahead of me and one phone call or one doctor's visit can change all of it. May I remind us we ought not to be boasting of tomorrow. Now, boasting is this. It's not the lack of planning, but the boasting is the prideful spirit saying, I've got plenty of time. I'll take care of it later. Someone once made the statement about procrastination. How many here are experts at procrastination? How many will raise their hand tomorrow about that? That's what I thought. You're experts at procrastination. How many work better under pressure in the last five minutes or the last five hours to be able to get it done? Someone once said that procrastination is one of the most boastful things that we can do because it's on the assumption that we deserve another opportunity to get it done. He said, boast not thyself of tomorrow. Thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And we think about this subject matter of boasting of tomorrow. You remember back in Luke chapter 12 with me about that rich man that was wealthy and increased with goods, rich and increased with goods. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger barns. Is there any issue whatsoever if you need to build a bigger barn? Is there any issue? Is there anything unbiblical for building a bigger barn? No. There's nothing in and of itself unrighteous or unholy or ungodly about building a bigger barn. But he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, I'll tear down my barns, build bigger barns. He said, we'll eat, drink, and be merry. He said, we'll enjoy. What was he doing? He was boasting himself. I've got all this time, all this wealth. Nothing can be taken away from me. And God said, thou fool. And I almost believe it was this, that God said, listen, you're a self-made man. You keep everything that you've got, but I'm going to take back what I gave to you. Because he said, tonight, thy soul shall be required of thee. What's the one thing he couldn't buy? What's the one thing that he couldn't put into a bigger barn? What's the one thing that he couldn't harvest that he couldn't say, this is what I did? It's his soul. God said, all right, you go ahead and see how long you're going when I take your soul back. He didn't make it too long by the next morning, I'll be honest with you. He didn't make it too long. Boasting. Listen, this life is too short to be filled with boasting and pride. Because we just looked in verse number uh, 6 that God resisteth 
the proud. Can I say life's too short for God to be pushing away from me because I'm prideful? Life's too short. It can be here today. It can be gone tomorrow. The boasting, listen, life is gone as a vapor. The Bible says, verse 14, that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. How many think, hey, I've had a pretty good long life. I just made mention in the morning service, 96. Can you hear me okay? 96 years old. If you say you're yelling this afternoon, she just told me she can't hear me when I speak softer. So y'all just need to listen softer and I'm going to speak louder. We would say 96 years old. That's a great and a full life. But can I say even at 96, it's just a vapor appears for a little while. I believe if you sit down and talk to her and say, remember when you were 30? Oh, and it's gone just like that. Her kids are retirement age. And some of her grandkids are almost getting close to retiring. Life is a vapor. Appears. Now, I'm thankful for that appears, but what all appears in our life in this short time period that we say it's, it's just going to vanish? Our life. Life's too short to be boasting of tomorrow. And life is too short, listen, not to fill that word appeareth with drawing close to the Lord and making sure my life counts for Christ. It's too short. We look at these things and we say, well, I need to invest in this and invest in this and this is what I'm going to spend my time on and this is what's going to be wonderful. Hey, listen, when this world passes away with a fervent heat and it all just burns up, listen, all of those things are going with it too. And we're going to get to the other side, standing before the Lord. And he's going to try our works with fire. The Bible says it as Paul was right into the Corinthian church. And it's all going to be tested. And the, the, the wood, hay, and stubble is going to be burned up. But the gold, silver, and precious stones. How many as we look back over our lives that we would be desiring to say, listen, I wish that I'd spent more time on some spiritual things instead of physical things that's just going to burn up for all of eternity. And we're not going to have access to it. It's going to be gone. I believe there's going to be some things that we look at and say, what? Where'd that go? Some of the things that were most important to us as we went through life, I believe when we get there, we're going to realize it just vanished away. What is it in your life or my life right now that is eternal? That's going to last. What is it from this past week? Listen, last week at this time, 168 hours ago, we were sitting right here in this auditorium. Brother Wilson was doing a tremendous job and, and explaining and teaching and preaching to us. We've had 168 hours since then. And what percentage would you have to say it would just be vanished and gone for all of eternity? Can we say 10%? Hey, 16.8 hours, 16 hours of my life from this past week is eternal. I don't know. Now, listen, I even know our jobs. You can say, oh, I put in 60 hours at my job, but even that can be lasting for eternity. It's the entire motive and purpose behind all of that. But you know something? If you're working 60 hours a week just to be able to live more comfortable down here on this earth, 
Listen, I'm all for living comfortable. Live as comfortable as God desires for you to live. Have all the toys, whatever God tells you to do. Go ahead and get it. Build up the bank accounts. But we understand, but that's not our eternal value. Provide for your wife. Provide for your family. Take care of things. I'm all for that. But keep our eyes on Jesus. Understanding that what we pour our lives into our life's just going to disappear. It's just going to vanish. It appears for just a little while. You say, well, a little while, 96 years, that's a long time. You know, we keep talking. I said it this past week, boy, the, the Lord's got to be coming back soon. But I made mention, I said, it could be another 50 years before God comes back, before Christ comes back. I said, but what's 50 years in light of eternity? It's really not that much, is it? I mean, when we think about it, what is, I mean, we got three score and 10, what is 70 years or 80 years or 90 years in the scope of all of eternity? He's saying, just don't boast yourself. In other words, don't be going through life just taking it for granted. Because listen, do you understand today's half over? We'll never get it back. We'll never get the time. Yesterday, as much time as we had, every person, every day has 86,400 seconds that are put into their time bank. And you have to get rid of it every day. It's going to expire. There's no rollover. How many wish for 50 years you could have done rollover minutes? And I'm not talking about on your cell phone plan. I'm talking about on life. You know something, I, I really didn't do good. I'm going to take two, two days from this week that, that I really didn't have that much and I'm going to roll them over and add them on over here so I can get it. It's not how it works. 86,400 seconds every day is all we have. You say, boy, that seems like a lot. It goes quick. Some people say it goes quicker the older you get but I'm not going to ask how many of you believe that because that would almost be admitting that you're old. But it goes quick, doesn't it? We sit back and look at it, and I, I told some, I said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to our Christmas season this year. I haven't told my wife that yet, but we still can't put Christmas things up until after Thanksgiving. It doesn't go up on Halloween. But we start, I said, I'm really enjoying it. And I, I've, I've learned this, time doesn't slow down but I really think we need to learn to and enjoy the seconds and the minutes and the hours that God's given to us in life. And I'm trying to look at my life saying this, okay, I'm, I'm 45 years old. How many believe that's still young? What was that? That's still young, but you know what I'm looking at? Now, I'm not putting myself into retirement. I'm not putting myself in a grave. I started talking with some people. That as soon as they turn 60, they're like, I only got another good 15 years left. I'm like, you're already talking yourself into the grave. I'm looking at it saying, listen, I want to make sure I'm around for the next 30, 35 years. I want to make sure I'm, I'm physically able to the best of my ability to keep going. But here's what I'm learning. Lord, I want to make sure that what I invest my time in is going to make sure that it's eternal. I had an older couple several years ago. I was preaching a missions conference. I won't tell you what state it was in. I was preaching a missions conference. 
And at the close of one of those services, there was a retired couple, 65, 66 years of age. And they came down to the altar after that service at the invitation, and they were weeping at that altar. And they got up, and they came and talked to me afterwards, and they said, Peter, and this is what he said. He said, I'm 65 years old. And he said, to the best of my knowledge right now, he said, I've never done anything for the Lord. He said, I've been saved for years. He said, I've never served him. I've never lived for him. And he said, I'd sure like and love. He said, with the years that I've got left, he said, I just want to be able to give them to the Lord. And he said, to be able to do something for him. I'm not going to tell you how that got accomplished, but I'm telling you, boy, God sure used him, used both of them to be able to start serving him. And I thought, you know, the only regret he had on his life is he didn't realize it 40 years earlier of saying, making sure, listen, this life is a vapor. It's going to pass away. It's going to disappear. It's going to be gone. And you say, well, there's so many things I want to get accomplished. And listen, before you know it, 20 years are going to be gone and you haven't done it. You're going to say, listen, I want to do this for the Lord. I want to get involved in this. Before you know it, another year is going to be gone. And you're saying, I can't believe that time's flown. I've got goals and some will know about this. I need to get busy by the end of the year. Because I've said, hey, this is going to be a con. I need to finish some things up and say, hey, need to get done, put some goals down. Another year is going to be upon me here pretty quick. It goes so quick. But then can I say this? We need to finish up with verse number 17. You say, well, pastor, I just don't know about all those things. Look at verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not... Well, that's a sober next few words, isn't it? To him it is sin. Well, I, I, I shouldn't be wasting my life, but listen, you only live once, don't you? YOLO. YOLO, I'm going to go do this, and they only live once, I'm going to live it up. I've got plenty of time to go take care of those things. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Well, it's just not recommended. I mean, you, you, that's what you're saying, right? No, I don't believe that the Lord mixes words in the Bible. If we know what is right to do and we don't do it, what's that three-letter word? Three of us can read. Sin? I don't like that word. You know something? I don't like that word either. But it's a Bible word. To him that knoweth to do good, listen, Life is too short to be separated from God, and life is too short to live it in sin. You say, well, I don't know about that. I'm sure having fun. Yeah, you're having your pleasures of sin for a season, but it's way too short to stay there, not get right, get back with God. Start living for God, get close to God. You say, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good right now. I'm making my money. Hey, I'm in church. I'm here for the 12 o'clock service. I wonder how close to God you are for the other six days of the week. Or is this our religious duty for the day? To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Sometimes sin is not just the, the sin of committing something, the sin of commission. 
But sometimes there's a sin of omission. It's things that we don't do that we know is right. Sometimes, and I, I know we joke about it, but some will come up and say, oh, you're in trouble. I'm like, well, I didn't do it. Well, that's the problem. You didn't do it. Well, you know, there's sometimes in our lives, I believe the Lord's looking at us saying, listen, it's not that you're out there living wicked, but you're just not living righteous. You're just not doing what you know to be right. And can I remind us of this? Life's too short for that. Life's too short. What is it that you know needs to take place in your life? What is it that you know that God's spoken to you about and you need to get plugged in somewhere? You need to be serving him. You need to be doing what's right. But you say, oh, no, I've, I've got tomorrow. You know, I'm going into this city and I'm going to live here a week or two. I'm going to stay there for a year and then I'll come back and I'll get about what I need to be doing. No, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Life's too short to go waste your life on that which is not eternal. And I'm asking the Lord to be able to help us on this, on the brevity of life. Life's too short for me not to be close to God. I wonder how many times, and I'm just going to close with this question, I wonder how many times Adam and Eve, after they were kicked out of the garden because of sin that was in their life, I wonder how many times maybe they went back to that entrance. You know, God put the angel there with a flaming sword to be able to keep him out. And I wonder how many times in their hearts they said, I wish we wouldn't have taken that for granted. I wish, I, I wish we could just have one more walk with God in the cool of the day. You know what pastors are doing across this nation? You know what church members are doing that, that saw the, the glory of the Lord years ago? I just wish we could see it again. Just wish we could see it again. You know, so I'm thrilled to death. This is, and I, and I know what's taking place at Granite State Baptist, it's by no means revival. I understand that. When revival starts taking place, that's, the, the, that's a confession of sin. That's the repentance. That's getting close to God. That's living right. It's not just numerical growth. And I say this, there's pastors across our nation that are just praying, saying, God, would you give a stirring and fill our churches back up? We saw it in the heyday. We saw it in the glory days. God, would you, would you do it again? You know why? Because life's too short not to be glorifying God with our lives. Life's too short. Don't live a prideful life boasting yourself. I've got plenty of time. I can do this. I can do that. No, life's too short. I'm not talking about skydiving either. Life's too short. Life's too short. What is it that God's speaking to your heart? It may just be reading your Bible more. It may just be, and listen, it could have been 10 months ago that God spoke to your heart and said, listen, this year, here's the steps that I want you to take for me, being more faithful in this area, reading your Bible or praying or being in church or whatever it may be, being more of a witness. Well, I'll get around to it. And here we are, we got just over two months left. You're talking just over nine weeks left in 2022. Now, that just put it in perspective, didn't it? And we're saying, oh, I better get about some things. To him that knoweth you good and doeth not, to him it is sin. 
I'm asking the Lord to be able to help us do what's right, forsake that which is wrong, get close to the Lord, live with Him, walk with Him, because life's too short. Can I have every person that's under 30? Not you, Jordan. Sorry, you're out of that category now. Get your eyes up. Start looking around. How many person over 30? Everybody's looking around. 30 or above. Wish you'd started doing more for the Lord at a younger age. If you're willing to admit that, would you put your hand up? Keep them up there. And everybody under 30, start looking around. You'll be sitting here in about 5 or 10 years with the same regret. Because life's too short. How many can remember when they were 30? How many believe it was like yesterday? Now it's gone. It's almost like today, isn't it? That's what Brother Jordan's saying. Man, it's like today I'm 30. Life's too short. Let's make sure we're living for the Lord. Ah, oh, I got plenty of time. We may not. Let's live for God. Amen.